This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. about to go up hell in the cell he looks at the camera and goes uh oh <laughs> <laughs> come on to the rock show come on to the people show come on to the premiere show smackdown it's the 25th of january in the year of our lord 2001 castaway is still number one in the uk box office jennifer lopez's love don't cost a thing is uh, number one in the charts. The music video became notorious after Lopez married Chris Judd. The two married on September 29, 2001. Their marriage ended less than a year later. <laughs> Her love does cost a thing. Yes, it did. <laughs> Judd don't cost a thing. Though. Hey, that's even better. Texas, the greatest hits, is number one in the charts. My favourite's Dallas. <laughs> the Oof. best of the Beatles. And the big game released this week is Oni for the PS2. Oh, I vaguely... It has quite an arty cover, doesn't it? Yeah. Oni. Yeah, it wasn't great, but it came out at the perfect time. It's like, woohoo, a cheap game for the PS2. Let me add it. So I think it sold really well, despite being average as hell. I was working uh, at a game when that came out, and I think, yeah, it was about 20 quid, which for a PS2 game was, was, was pretty good. Yeah. It was a uh, good shout Floyd Mayweather Jr. dominated Diego Corrales to successfully defend his WBC Super featherweight title. People were very surprised at this. Floyd Mayweather Jr., wow, he's on a bit of a streak right now in 2001. Uh, 31st of January 2001. January draws to a close with Manchester United now 15 points ahead of Arsenal at the top of the Premier League with Sunderland, Liverpool and Ipswich Town among the even more distant title <laughs> challengers while Leicester City have now dipped to 8th place and are now focused on pushing for a top 6 finish as well as a good run in the FA Cup. Chelsea are starting to muscle in on the top 5 after being 14th a month ago. Bradford continue to prop up the Premier League and Manchester City remain in the bottom 3. Look at all this Although, football coverage! Isn't it great? Are we suddenly very laddie? <laughs> yeah, to set the scene, you know. You put down your copy of Oni. I think we are, then... Atletico Mints. Yeah. Channel 4's The Big Breakfast is relaunched with Donna Eyre, Amanda Bryan, 
Paul Tonkinson, Melanie Sykes, and Richard Bacon as its main presenters. Uh, there's a bit in the thick of it where he goes, you're the big breakfast, but that came out. And people liked it in Chris Evans. And it was everyone was so good and it was into it. This is the last series of Big Breakfast where the people that no one can remember Aww. and there's no more breakfast ever again. Yeah, I have no memory of that. Before it became Rise. I know it became Rise with Ian Lee after this. And, 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 as, and as, uh, it was good that it was no longer Big Breakfast. Uh, but to be honest with you, the greatest uh, after Big Breakfast, the greatest thing that Channel 4 ever did for morning television was just to put Frasier on a loop. It's the best thing that, and, and and it has looped for about fifteen years now. Yeah, it good works. Lots of episodes. It does well. It does good figures. People like yeah. just watching Frasier on a morning. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm waving. Same. And the news, uh, uh, the most important bit of news to end on is the news at ten returns to ITV, having been axed two years earlier. It is once again presented by Trevor McDonald. However, the haphazard scheduling of the revived ten pm bulletin ultimately led to its downfall. While the BBC... Bear with me. Just just let that sink in. The news at 10 didn't always air at 10. <laughs> it's true, it didn't. And this erratic airing was the reason to go... Just saying. While the BBC's 10 o'clock news was fixed at 10pm for six nights a week, the ITV News at 10 was broadcast for only three nights a week, allowing entertainment programmes to be broadcast past 10pm for the rest of the week. In addition, the programme was often delayed by overrunning entertainment programmes on the nights that it was scheduled for 10pm. <laughs> This inconsistently led to the bulletin being unceremoniously dubbed the news at when. <laughs> it caused quite a bit of upset. I remember you, you must remember the one night where after multiple uh, delays and, and such on news at 10, Trevor McDonald ended the bulletin by going, and finally tonight, we hate this stinking network. We hate this network for abandoning us. We hate this network for their guts, for not sticking with us. You want to shoot? This is a shoot. We quit this stinking network. That was a real thing Trevor McDonald said. Yeah. As it was the night the night before I got, I'm Trevor McDonald, and I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> this has been the news at when. <laughs> anyway, if you're listening to this, you're probably used to the discussions of the fascinating, <laughs> fascinating tale of the news at 10. In this country, I think it's the how greatest it's not story always at 10. I think it's ridiculous. So he's like, oh, what? These mid-card feuds, people go, oh, I vaguely remember that. Right, okay. But what was happening in the wonderful world of wrestling? Now that reality has long since passed us, and you appear to be recording this remotely. All these questions and more will be answered in the following few hours and a bit of pure bollocks. You're listening to the dulcet tones of Matthew. Joined, as always, by his friend, his patriot, compatriot. Wow, messed up two words there. It's patriot. His, uh, I'm your patriot. Compatriot. <laughs> The compatriot patriot himself, Tom Campbell. I am, I am your Del Wilkes, sir. How are you? I was doing so well until the final hurdle, <laughs> as always. Oh, mate, happy new year. Happy new year. Here we are once again. It feels like, yeah. it, I think, looking at the calendar, I think it has been a month since we did one of these. Just the way everything fell was the fact that we've kind of wrapped up the Smackdown reviews before the world shut down again mm. um uh, we and obviously then we all got together for the last time in the same room to do a cane miss carol thank you for that some stupidly good numbers on us for doing what matthew uh, very very appropriately called crisis on infinite arseholes uh which, which has become sort of like the the, the subtitle of the show um and, and yeah and it has been about a month since we sat down to talk about 
something that vaguely resembles SmackDown. Did you did you have a good Christmas? I did, mate. Good. I absolutely did. A beautiful New Year's. It's great seeing both the dad's side of the family and the mum's side of the family. Two different perspectives. Uh, great seeing my mates back at Bish. Just have to have the chance to see them. And they're all doing different things in different places as well. So uh, really heartwarming stuff, mate. I'm hitting January 2022 in a much, much happier, upbeat mood than Aww. I have been in the last few months of 2021. Uh, I think part of that is I'm doing... It's not like an official, like, oh, I've got a mantra or anything. But like, uh, no alcohol January... Avoiding snacks and uh, any sweets or anything of that nature, or uh, crisps, and no takeaways and stuff like that. And it is amazing how my mood's changed when now I'm not shuffling Taco Bell into my gullet. Because it turns out if you you are what you eat, so if you eat rubbish, you're going to think rubbish. And I'm like, oh. I mean, the temptation's there. Every time I walk past the high street, I'm going, oh, I'd love one of those things. Oh, no, 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 be, be, be good, be good. But right now, I'm so happy to be doing stuff. I'm so happy to be fortunate in this, accepting the position we're in right now, Tom. Mm. I'm not hoping for everything to be over. I'm just going, no, let me deal with this week. And if all if, it, if that's all I'm worrying about and my diet and focus on that, it's way more important than COVID, uh, then I tend to be in a much, much happier mood. What about yourself? Nice. That sounds lovely. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm. It's weird because I started the, the first week of 2022... Uh, it didn't. I, I always like to hit the ground running with with New Year's and stuff like that, and kind of like I want to focus on myself a little bit more uh, this year. And the first week, I, I don't know. I I feel like I stumbled over the start block just because, like, I had a really bad brain fog. Like, I didn't feel quite right for the first week of 2022. Um, like, I couldn't quite concentrate, and like, I had no energy. I slept loads in the first week. I wanted to get out and start running again, but I was just knackered in that first week. And I don't know whether, because you know, I, I, we had Alex and I had our first Christmas together, which was lovely. It's the first time we've ever spent Christmas Day together because we always go and do other things uh, at our at our other families' homes. Uh, but it was the first time we actually did it together. It was lovely. And then we had a couple. So I had a couple of days uh, with Alex's folks in Yorkshire. Uh, and then I came back here where I worked through Crimbo Limbo. And and then as soon as like, we started getting back into rhythm, my, my brain just stopped. And I just like, I've just, just been very cloudy. And this week, I feel more like myself. This week, I felt much more like myself. I've got a bit more vim and vigor. I'm not as confused by words as I was last week. Uh, I'm back out running again. But it was that first week was a bit of a stumbling block. Uh, and then I'm taking next week off, uh, which, which is a decision I made because I thought... I haven't really had any time off over Christmas, apart from like Christmas Day, Boxing Day. So I'm going to take a week off in January. Uh, Alex and I are both coming to the new year with, with very different ways of looking at things. Alex wants to say yes to more stuff because she's very much one of those people that um, will always just, just, just her instant reaction to doing something is no. No, no, no I don't think I'll do that. No, I don't think I'll do that. She said, no, I want to say yes to more stuff. I want more experiences. And uh, she was invited to go and, and jump in the, lo- in the North Sea at Long Sands. Uh, this past weekend and normally she said normally I'd say no but I went yeah yeah all right I'll do it and she had a brilliant day and she went and did that and it's stuff like that that she wants to do more of so whereas Alex is coming into 2022 wanting to say yes to stuff I'm I'm entering 2022 saying no to stuff (laughs) that's that's the difference here because you know Matthew what I'm like and and I'll happily just just take all work and do all things all the time and my mission is to work within my means and work hard and smart, but but not take on more than I need to. Like learn to stop. You know, I've, I'm very lucky that I'm so well thought of that I've had, I've, I've turned down two bits of work this week. 
for other um, places, companies, whatever, because like I would be stretching myself too thin realistically if I was to do them. So I'm learning to say no to stuff. So that's a big thing for me is learning to say no and learning to stop and and, and just be a bit more present rather than just working my ass off isn't really a personality trait. <laughs> it's not a personality trait. It's just a thing that you do. My per- and, and also, I'll, I'll stop this preamble in a minute, I promise. Just I haven't seen you, so I'm just sort of pouring my spleen out. Um, like, the other thing was that I always, I always think I need to be more for everybody and everything. I always feel like I need to be more. In 2022, I want to learn that I'm enough. Sounds quite deep, doesn't it? And it, and it is. Beautifully put. And that's what I'm working on. I'm working on going, saying no to stuff and having more time that's mine and being enough. That's that's the plan. That's the plan for 2022. <laughs> which we're finally on the, on the road with now, mainly. Which is nice. But yeah. Awesome, mate. So that's where that's where we're at. Well, also you may notice if you're watching on the uh, on the Patreon, we're, we're back via Zoom for a little bit, which is which is always a shame because you know, it's nice to have an excuse to spend time in Matthew's company. Um, we will be back very soon. This is this isn't as 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 fearful as the first time round, where this does this does feel like it is just for a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's good that we're doing it via Zoom because not only do we get to see how happy we are to see each other, uh, but it's also good that when it's like we just did audio, I'd be thinking of something to say, and you'd be like, "Oh, is there a delay? Is there a lag?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Shut up, Tom." <laughs> Matthew, you don't appear to have thought of anything to say of interesting or merit. Why? Why? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have got something that that ties us into the subject matter at hand. Right. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I got given an amazing gift on my last oh. North show before oh, okay. Christmas. Go so, get it. Go get it. Go get it. I'm gonna get it. So, so I'll I'll go and get it. It's literally no worries for all your listeners. Tom has just got off his chair to go look for this present. So, oh, he's back already. I finished up uh, doing the ring announcing for North Wrestling in Newcastle did. in December, and it was lovely. And um, thank you very much if you were part of that. It was a beautiful day. I've never felt the love more. Um, it was amazing. Um, I got some lovely gifts that night as well, and this is one that I haven't I haven't put on social media because I wanted to show you first of all. I am gutted that we're not in the same room, but uh, once we are in the same room, we can have some fun with this. So I'd like to thank Brian Walsh, who is a regular at the North Wrestling Shows, who came to me and said, "I have a little gift for you," and I'm showing Matthew the gift now. No way. <laughs> Would you like to... For audio listeners, Go on. Tom Campbell is holding up the WWF Slam Cam, <laughs> aka the digital camera and CD-ROM. Put yourself in the action. <laughs> this is a product that we talked about a year and a half ago. Wow, very, very basic <laughs> late 90s effects. You can twirl, you can warp. You can spherize. You can do all the TikTok filters, basically. Put yourself in the action, getting a Stone Cold Stunner. TM, <laughs> trademark of WWF. If you tell your kids this, make sure you say TM at the end of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Absolutely. Uh, bloody hell. He gave you that. Yep, and it's and it's unopened. I don't think ever removed from box. The batteries are still in it. Oh, great. It's so, so, normally you think... 
do it as a competition. Nah, keeping this. Um, <laughs> but we'll, once we're back in the same room together, we're gonna we're gonna give this a proper run out, uh, and yes. we'll and we'll do a video. We'll do. I mean, there's, there's a picture at the bottom in terms of what you can do with it, and somebody has designed a WWF neighborhood watch poster that features Steve Austin, The Rock, Jacqueline doing a dive. And then some four-year-old kid in a little ellipse, ellipse at the top. Yeah, he, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead now. The tribute to Kev, <laughs> Neighborhood Watch Squad. Be honest, though, if you said Neighborhood Watch, watching this area, still called Steve Austin, <laughs> The Rock, and Luchador Jackie. Uh what you a, think twice before nicking something. What a wonderful, simpler time where a, a villain would walk past your house and go, oh, Steve Austin's watching that house. We best not rob it. Home Alone would have been shit if that had been in the window. <laughs> we'll come back later when Steve Austin's asleep. <laughs> John! <laughs> you guys give up or you're thirsty for more, jackass. So, oh, no, I'm home alone. <laughs> I'm stoned alone. <laughs> stoned alone! I made the some bitches disappear. Uh, Drinking all the beer. <laughs> I could drink these now my mom's not here to stop me. <laughs> they, they turn they they turn out they actually counted the head of Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> in that bit with the van. Uh, well, when we're back together, we're gonna get that out. We'll have some fun with that. We'll film oh. it for, for Patreon and video and stuff like that. So that'll be a lovely time. Uh, so that brings us quite neatly into... Shall I go through some of the wrestling news from this week in the oh, year of yes, our Lord? Oh, yes, please. Give us context. Give us context. So uh, in the in the wrestling world of 01, WCW's uh, plight oh, no. continues to be a top story. There has been much talk, according to The Observer, regarding a potential shutdown and relaunch of WCW. At press time, it appears likely to happen. Different scenarios have been discussed, but nothing was final as of this writing. So the final decision likely to be made at the end of this week. Uh, many in the company have noted that deposits have been paid for buildings throughout March. No April calendar has been released, thinking April is likely when they're going to stop things for a little while uh, and reboot it sometime in the summer. Uh if something is to take place in February, it will be considered a soft relaunch in that when the show returns, it'll have some changes, but a total, but not a totally different look. The projection is the show will eventually have an entire new look, new set, new graphics, new production, and announcing changes no earlier than late March or early April. So at this point, uh, Fusion Media is still on course to buy WCW lock, stock, and barrel. And according to those at Fusic Media Ventures, all WCW contracts were assignable in the event of a sale, including Hogan's, uh, because they wouldn't have bought the company if the top guys weren't part of the deal. So uh, it looks as if, if when this deal goes through, as it's looking like it's going to, a lot of WCW's roster is going to be going along with it. However, Bill Goldberg on Bubba the Love Sponge this week... Uh, has said he's interested in having a run in the WWF, maybe wrestling Chris Jericho. Mm. Goldberg brought up Jericho. Yeah. That's interesting. Goldberg was the one that said, I want to work with Jericho. Do you remember when Goldberg didn't want to work with Jericho because he was too small time? And now, like, Jericho's yeah, on comedy. The... Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, but now he's on the hot brand. He's like, mm, maybe I should work with that guy. Maybe I got one more jackhammer in me. What he's saying is, I want to go there and beat Jericho. <laughs> just, just because. That's what he's saying. Yeah, I'll I'll work be... with him. <laughs> By that, I mean run a road through him. 
Yeah. Have an update on Sid Vicious. He was released from the Methodist Hospital in Indianapolis on the 16th of November. He's expected to be out of action for six to eight months. Last week we talked. Well, last time we were together, we talked about this Sid Vicious uh, with that awful leg fracture, oh, well, I, the, yeah. the likes of which I don't think we've really seen in wrestling since. We came close with Phoenix the other night, but apart from oh, apart from then, God. that was awful, wasn't it? How, what a, Phoenix is the Black Knight from Monty Python, the Holy Grail, who yeah. has his arm bent out of shape. He's like, yeah, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Luchadors are made of Teflon. You need to remember that. <laughs> uh, WCW, sorry, ECW wrestlers weren't paid again this week. ECW is wrapping up at this point. Tom, you read that that new story last time. <laughs> yeah, I think I read it for the last three months. Nobody at this point is realistically expecting to get paid. The yeah. ITV money at when? <laughs> That's very accurate, to be fair. Um, a lot of people in ECW saying deep down they know that this is the end of the company. Nobody wanting to publicly say it, though, uh, after staying, uh, you know, because it hasn't been made official yet. Everyone's just kind of gone, this is the last. Like, you know, we talked about this in the last show that we had where it was a very tearful gathering for the final couple of shows in ECW. But it wasn't official, but everyone kind of sees the writing on the wall there. So that's kind of where we're at with ECW. There'll be more bigger updates on ECW in weeks to come. Uh, according to uh, an interesting little item in this week's Ross report, Shawn Michaels uh, is considering a return to the ring, looking to wrestle at least one more match in the WWF and return as a regular television character. Now, Michaels' contract with WWF expires in, in the summer of this particular year. Uh, he wants to go out with a bang if he goes out because he wants to... He's been away now for a, a couple of years. He's rested up and he feels like he's got a he's got one good match in him. And he wants to run a storyline and then possibly have a, a match at WrestleMania 17 this year uh, to sort of see him off right. Uh, we will keep an eye on this one as well. But um, I don't know whether you were aware that Shawn Michaels was possibly coming back uh, in February of 2001. Had you heard that, Matt? I think Palestine reported it, yeah. Because it was it was like oh is this could be the thing that Triple H is going to be doing and then obviously it didn't but then we get this a few more th- we'd had this for a while we've had this since the start of the SmackDown podcast in fact where he made his one of his last appearances yes he was the special referee in the mm. Triple H uh, Rock Brahma Bull Rope match yeah and helped Triple H win I think that was the last time one of the last times we saw we saw him in two thousand uh, where he handed oh, over the, the commission the... he handed over the commissionership to Foley yeah. Uh, but he hasn't really been around much apart from that. Yeah, no. these are the dark years for Sean. Mm. But Sean Michaels is saying in interviews like he feels better than he's felt in years, and he feels like he's a, a rejuvenated character. Feels like he's you know less the the childish brat that he was at the height of his uh, powers. Well, so, what else is he going to say? Yeah, Sean, how are you feeling? Oh, like rougher than a dog's dinner, mate. <laughs> Maybe down the Wigan mines. <laughs> Get yourself down those Wigan vines. Go keep Bulldog company. Um, Bobby Heenan's uh, making a reappearance. He's going to be part of the Women of Wrestling pay-per-view. Oh, God. Negotiating with iGeneration Wrestling. WWF have cooled off on any interest they may have had in bringing him back. But they still have interest in Larry Zabisco, who may be brought back for another interview soon. So no Bobby Heenan by the looks of it. But Larry Zabisco being considered, your face and your and and the, and the mouth movements you made said it all about Bobby Heenan and the Women of Wrestling pay per view. He tried, but <laughs> even 
you know, Bobby's not a miracle worker, so it was what it was. It the was... fact that they still recognize the lineage of those shows that they did, 2001, maybe it shut down. We did this last, I think we spoke to this before, but like, they shut down in 01, and they came back like 10 years later, and they went, wow, the 10-year reign of this undefeated champ. And you're like, what? <laughs> You guys bring a company back 10 years later and go, wow, no one's defeated them in 10 years. I mean, it's technically true, but they'll be defending the bloody thing. <laughs> I like the kayfabe stream of consciousness. God. MLW did that as well when they came back after a little stint in 04. They're like, wow, Loki, undefeated. <laughs> in 10 years of MLW, like you li-. Honestly. <laughs> the shame. But then is it any worse than when you have the wrestlers that held titles during the pandemic where they're like undefeated in a year <laughs> it's all bollocks it's they all, all think bollocks. that there's gonna be they all think they're gonna be like this massive things like oh the longest reign since bruno <laughs> so yes it's exactly like bruno me it's exactly like bruno's reign. Yeah. what are you talking about it blatantly is yeah. uh one final little bit before we move on bone saws ready oh Randy Savage did the wrestling scenes for the Spider-Man movie this past week. Very appropriate considering the current Spider-Man movie mm. that is in cinemas now. We can talk about it. The Statue of Limitations for spoilers, yeah. I believe, is well and truly over. I, yeah. rec- I genuinely think, I genuinely think that if Randy Savage had still been on this planet, I reckon they'd have found a part for him in... Right. New Spider-Man film. Even in just like... No, wait a minute. How... I was going to say like, oh, my main villains, Doc Ock. No, but the you shocker, the you, lizard, uh, <laughs> that one wrestler. No, but you know they have. I'm gonna be for you, pal. Yeah, it would have been a little bit where they had all the people zapping into through in and out of the multiverse, and you just had a bone saw appear in the middle of the street. <laughs> like, yeah. That'd have been fine. Little nod. No, bone saw is ready. Whip. No, you're not. Maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all, you, like that. that's all you need to do. Did you, yeah. you seen? Have you seen the new Spoderman? I certainly have. Yes. What it lovely. Yeah, I liked it. I was expecting this whole, like, ah, oh, let's do the tribute to the other films, but I guess the Spider-Man fans, like, they, they are that devoted. They're like, the wrestling fans are like, oh, I remember the first ones. I'm like, oh, they're different films, aren't they? Yeah, but they are still part of the same thing. Oh, that's nice. Well, now they uh, I think I like I like the little nods, if you are paying attention to that type of thing, which obviously I've seen them all, so yeah. But, you know, Garfield saving MJ like without snapping a friggin' neck and be like, oh, thank you. He's like, you look really upset for saving me. <laughs> Gwen. Oh, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Just little things like that. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was, it was well done. I love the bromance between Garfield and Maguire. Yeah. And I, because I was one of those lads who went to cinema to see like Spider-Man Uno. And they say that a hero could do. Where was that? Then my bone saw. Where was Chad That's Kroger? That's a good shout. We could have had a little Chad Kroger appearance. That'd have been nice. And it was his friend, Chad Kroger and friend. No, I don't think he's with us anymore. Chad Kroger's not dead. No, but isn't the guy from... No, he's... No, no. Sorry, the lead singer of Saliva is still very much with us. Isn't Saliva, he? thank you. Yes, the lead singer of Saliva is with us. Excuse me. Uh, Chad Kroger. Yeah, it would have been nice to have had Chad Kroger popping up. That'd have been nice. But um... He's a busker. <laughs> Yeah. As they walk past, like, oh, what's, what's that guy singing? <laughs> Hero can save. <laughs> they give him five bucks, like, thank you, God bless. <laughs> I used to be a Keep meme. it up, you'll be a rock star one day. Uh, hey, hey. Can me and my friend take a photograph of you? Uh, <laughs> oh, God, no, I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, God, no. Oh. Do you want to write the raw theme for a bit? Um, 
what um what i like now is you know where you get those um articles that show you how to watch the marvel movies in chronological order see like how to watch the marvel movies so like that's sophisticated no 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 but the mark no the the marvel cinematic universe has like a chronological order of of how and where you watch the films in order to get like the proper timeline in so like you watch like watch captain america one before captain america two i get you (laughs) exactly like that that guy for a list like that i'd be lost (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean like you watch Wonder Woman first, then you watch Iron Man one, then Captain America. Wonder Woman. Then Iron Man two. Yeah, because Wonder just, Woman. What list is this? It's set in the eighties, isn't it? It's technically a different one. bloody company. No, not Wonder then Woman. Then you watch your Sold Out. Captain- then you watch your WrestleMania. <laughs> then you watch Batman. I meant Captain Marvel. I didn't mean Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, they all look the same to you. I forgot. <laughs> I don't. I don't know many women. Um, <laughs> so Captain Marvel, you watch that one first, uh, and, and and you watch one in like a, a random. There's a certain order that you watch them in. But now, because it's all cinematic universe now, multiverse nonsense. Now there's a list that's out with all like the the Garfield films, the Maguire films, like when and where you watch them. Uh, so, like, so in the event that we have to go into another lockdown, I mean, touch wood, we never do again. Uh, I'm sorted for the duration because now so much extra Marvel stuff is counted as part of the MCU. It's going to take me whatever, however long we, we if we spend any more time locked down to watch them all in succession and in, and in the correct order. Ah, <laughs> oh, is there another list that tells you which ones to avoid? <laughs> I'm all right rewatching Spider-Man one, but Thor two can piss off. <laughs> There's a few which have uh, more uh, editorial uh, description uh, descriptions and. And guidelines. Yeah. So those, if you get anything from this podcast other than ITV news <laughs> and uh, how Arsenal will do it in January of 01, <laughs> it's for Don't Waste Your Time with Thor 2. Ah, oh, it's not the best, is it? N- no, the complete opposite. Ragnarok. Iron Man 2 and film. 3 are good on fast forward as well. But you know what? I'm sure people have not fast forwarded all that wonderful stuff. Should we get on with the wrestling? No, let's talk about Spider-Man. <laughs> no, we, all right, all right, fine. We'll talk about SmackDown from uh, this week in the year of our Lord, 2001. Fantastic. Over to Fantastic. Matthew Gregg for the... Ah, oh, it's our little dog friend. It's, it's Fat Lump. It's Wee Fat Lump. <laughs> it's Crocheted Fat it's Lump. Stoff Waffle. Ah, oh, thank you, Eva. And also, Eva Stoff Waffle, thank you for the, the, uh, the fad art of Alex, my good lady. She hasn't had much fan art in the past, so it was appreciated. Eva Stoffwaffle did a lovely drawing of the Desert Island Graps episode that we did on Christmas Day. Uh, so it does count as a bit of Alex Booth fan art. Oh, it kind of counts as artwork of me, then, in that case. Yes, it, oh, yes, because you're in it as well. You're in it as well. Oh. Because, obviously, with the... Eva... Oh, shit. Eva, um, after Regal's uh, announcement of getting released, Eva posted the picture of Regal as Mr. Bean's car. Yes! The definitive Regal. I forgot about that. The definitive anyway. William Regal, absolutely, uh, and uh, that sucks as well. But there's something quite, something quite special about the fact that you know Regal's 21 years in the WWE are at an end, and we're talking about the beginning of them. Yeah, which is nice. I like that. I although, although he's not, although he's not on SmackDown this week. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> he's not. He's parked well. his car. <laughs> He's on the wrong side of the road and the shenanigans. He's, all the guys are beeping at him. He's, and he's like, who won the bloody war? And all this stuff. It's really weird. He stopped to get a cake from the from the bake sale. And as he's done so, his car's been crushed. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bigger over here. Over there. Over here. Over there, Tom. Oh, Mr. Very Bean's wanky. Mr. Bean's massive. We, we love Mr. Bean. 
Oh my God, we love Mr. Least... Bean. <laughs> That's how every American talks. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, we love Mr. Bean. Yeah. It's funny now that Americans say, "Oh, you that that, that actor, Mr. Bean." I'm like, Rowan Atkinson. They say, like, "No, no, his name is Mr. Bean." <laughs> <laughs> we call him Mr. Bean over here. He gets into some hilarious hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Tom, it's the SmackDown after the Rumble. Yay! Triple H bitches about not being able to beat Kurt Angle at the Rumble because of Austin and vows to smash Austin's head open with his hammer. <laughs> Angle shows up and instead calls him Triple W. Wow, wow, wow. Angle accepts another challenge from Triple H and calls him Monkey Boy. Angle's business partner, Trish Stratus, challenges Stephanie. Ooh. Mm. Vince says in the interest of fairness, these matches may happen or they may not. Trish then sees Vince McMahon later on and they make noises behind a closed door. JR doesn't know what's going on. And the match is on! Mixed tag match. Main events roar. Triple H does what he does best and buries the up and come of a pedigree on Trish to end it. Then Austin batters Triple H after the bell, but in fairness, Stratus softened him up for Austin. <laughs> yeah, so that mixed tag is the main bit there it's weird seeing triple h pedigree trish but it's triple h so maybe it's not that weird and that brings us to finally witty wee witty woo we're in mobile alabama for the baddest crime and cop hating dude in all of the wwf the undertaker <laughs> who takes on rikishi this was set up on raw because kishi was messing with kane and undertaker is scared of his much more successful brother so he wants to get on his good side and attacks kishi as he's heading down the ramp he takes out Kishi with old school, which he hits while yelling the name of it like an anime character hitting his trademark move. Kishi ignores it like the commentators spend... Right, sorry. Kishi ignores it like the commentators... There's a break there, Matthew. Spend the match talking about how great Kane was during the Rumble, and rightfully so, Tom. Mm-hmm. That's Kane's stairway to heaven, Rumble 01. <laughs> then Haku heads out. That's right, the former WCW hardcore champion, uh, making a SmackDown debut. He hits the Tongan strike to Undertaker's throat, knowing it's a soft spot as he still has his stupid tattoo of his wife's name <laughs> on it. <laughs> they double headbutt Undertaker before. Oh my God, it's cool, Kane! <laughs> it's the coolest Kane as well! Yeah. Big pop for cool Kane! Who has to run to the ring to take out Haku and Rikishi. Everyone brawls with Kishi, who takes his Janetti flip, and Undertaker <laughs> holds up Kane's hands and crowd cheers because the last time they were together was 1998. And, uh, so at least this 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 get together was built up with the brothers being friendly to each other to take out that annoying Rock guy a few weeks ago. Thanks, Rock, for bringing peace together. These two <laughs> brothers of destruction. It's like crossing the North and South Korea lines in the Rock. Exactly. What a guy! Because uh, it's weeks at the Rumble. There was they were sort of pitched ever so ever so slightly as as a heel team. They were sort of pitched as baddies in the Rumble, Undertaker and Kane. But here they are, very much baby-facing Undertaker and Kane, uh, which, I'm, which I'm perfectly happy about. Perfectly happy about. Uh, as you say, Haku's debut here. He's teaming with Rikishi for a bit. Got some, got some interesting notes on Rikishi from the Observer uh, from this week in the year of our Oh, go on. Uh, Rikishi has a thigh muscle strain. Um, and so time off for Rikishi is coming, which is why it's strange to put him into 
uh, a program with The Undertaker and Kane uh, before he goes. You'd think they just let him away, but no, they want him and Haku to work some tag team stuff before he goes. Uh, he's also being encouraged to lose some weight. Uh, they want Rikishi to lose a bit of timber because he's getting quite big. Uh, as far as uh, the track record for people the WF have requested to lose weight publicly, it hasn't been great, says Dave Meltzer, uh, citing The Big Show, Mark Henry, and Vader. And, you know, the, the, the late Yokozuna at this point as well was somebody else who WWF pushed to lose weight and just never did. Uh, yeah, because Brucey P, the way you made it sound like he... He was at Fat Camp and he was saying, Brucey e. P, I've lost this week I've lost uh, ten stones. Like, oh fantastic. The next week, Brucey e. P I've lost fifteen stones. Like, oh great. Brucey e. P I've lost five stones. Like No, you you had the numbers wrong. <laughs> you, you forgot what you told me last week. What? You not lost any weight, have you? Brought him back who's the same size as like you. <laughs> I like how they just trusted what he said on the phone. Let me I've lost Yeah, 15 apparently stone. that's all it took. Let me get the doctor. Um hello, I am the doctor. Yes, he's lost 15 stones of five stone. I am the doctor. Bye. Hang on. Here's the doctor. Hello, it's me, Dr. Tommy Cooper. He's on, <laughs> he's on a whiskey diet. He's lost seven days already. <laughs> Love that joke. He's on a seafood diet. He sees food and he eats it. <laughs> no, that's not what we want him on. Oh, wrong joke. Wrong joke. That was typically inappropriate. I'm sorry. Bye. I'm Dr. Pepper. Bye. Um, pepper. Oh no, Yoko's drinking me by the barrel. <laughs> help, help. <laughs> He's injecting it straight into his eyeballs. Uh, and another interesting plan for Rikishi that doesn't involve Haku uh, initially. Uh, well, it does involve Haku initially, rather. The plan, uh, according to Dave Meltzer, this was going back to the interview Rikishi did when he came out that he was the driver that ran over Austin. Do you remember the whole thing where he said, like, My, I did it for you, Rock. I did it for our people. I did it for the Samoan people. The plan at this point is to make a faction featuring Rikishi, Haku, the son of Seeker, Matthew Anawaii, and the younger brother of Rikishi, Ekmo Fatu who would later go on to be known as Rosie and Jamal. Rosie. That's right. But in 2001, there were conversations about having those four as sort of this Samoan gang stomping around the WWF. It didn't come to pass uh, due to injuries to Rikishi and, and general uh, disinterest in Haku. Uh, but at one point, like we technically nearly got the bloodline about mm. 20 years early. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, with Rikishi as head of the table, essentially. Yeah. With the others around him. I like the idea of them doing that. We will get to see uh, Rosie and Jamal in in years to come, but uh, they were very close to coming in in 2001. It's so weird that you could do that, what they're doing on TV, so many different years earlier because there's so many of them. And the weird thing is, so many of that family are really good at wrestling. Yeah. There's it's a like, oh, they could have done it then, they could have done it with these guys, and these guys, yeah. Yeah, Umaga. Um, obviously, was alright in the tag team, but obviously, Umaga was the standout of the two. Yeah. Rikishi, obviously, amazing at what he could do. Reigns, the Usos, etc., etc. It's like, yeah, just any Samoan, any <laughs> any part of that Samoan family get together, yeah, be alright. Solo Sokoa on NXT, I think, is, uh, is is set to continue that trend. Every Samoan, every Samoan, apart from Manu. Oh, bless him, bless Manu. <laughs> Yeah. He's he's on the indie circuit at the moment. It's Manu. Is he? Yes, he is. Uh, oh, of course. He, is he doing catering or no? <laughs> no, real deals involved. He is working with um, a, a released NXT star uh, from last year 
whose name has fallen out of my head. Uh, if I was to say to you, an NXT star... <laughs> from last year. Uh, from last year. That now is a down, Tom. It doesn't really... That, that kind of... That never really... That never really went anywhere, despite the look and the energy. Kona Reeves. Oh. Kona, okay. Kona Reeves and Manu are a tag team on the Indies. Good God. Get them booked. <laughs> Get them... <laughs> booked. Man, you... Is that why? Oh, why did he do a thing in the UK? That's right. Man U is here. <laughs> is that why you're doing football results now? Because Yes. Of, because ah, as mentioned... you can see it this time Man in U. Oh, wait, oh, 01. But I made my debut on trade. Oh, whatever. It's gone, it's, gone, it's gone tits up. Let's go. Let's move on. It's fine. Meanwhile, Vince shows up in a limo. He yells at the driver for making him 20 minutes late. Yeah, I wonder why we started with a match for once. But that's a nice little story, I think. <laughs> then Vince fires the driver because he's evil. He heads the ring to continue being evil. He says mobile is a disaster area and they have bad teeth. Hey, this is Kurt Angle's promo. He's picked up accidentally backstage. <laughs> Vince is sick of this Triple H Austin stuff and says there needs to be one more match at No Way Out, February 25th. The signing will take place on Raw. So fuck you, mobile. You ain't getting shit. Uh, Angle comes out and says there's something he always wanted to say to Vince. I respect and admire you. Angle apologizes for Steph getting attacked on Raw during the that match he had. Uh, Vince says that's not enough. Kurt Angle has to defend his title tonight against Kane to make up for it. Oh, and also, next up, Jeff Hardy and Bradshaw take on Matt Hardy and Farouk. What? <laughs> yeah, well, that took all the distraction away from what uh, Vince and Angle said. Pretty much, yeah. Just uh, yeah, tick of the boxes segment there. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was it was fine. I do feel for 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 Mobile because Vince came Mobile. out and said Austin's not here, Triple H isn't here. They're having a big match at the pay per view. We'll do the signing on Monday. <laughs> it, I, it remind, Thanks for coming. Yeah, it reminded me of the five star wrestling show I went to, where yeah. they announced uh, where 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 the opening bit was. Uh, was it Ray? Was it it was John Morrison? Well, it was AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio signing yep. the contract for a match they're going to have in Sheffield, which yep. was booed in Newcastle. Why are they booing it, it? I don't understand. Because <laughs> he's not here, you fucking idiots. Why would we get hype for a match that Sheffield's getting? It's Man, not like it? it's like you got a tea. This is this is when you have um, live wrestling promoters that book like they are television wrestling promoters. <laughs> They forget that, oh, wait, we haven't got a telly show. Oh, dear, that's a problem. <laughs> but the, yeah. Obviously, they have got a telly show here, so we everybody will see it. But I don't know. I'd, be, I'd sort of be gutted uh, if I was coming to the show and it's like, no Triple H, no Steve Austin. <laughs> Kane and Undertaker, get behind them. They're your boys tonight. Well, that was the WW 2000 tour of the UK. Yeah. It pretty As much seen on was. Watchdog. <laughs> yeah. Headlined by the uh, by the the Marmalukes versus um, the 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 Harris, Harris twins. Brothers. That was oh. Christ. What were they? Yeah. What were they thinking? What was wrestling thinking? Cha-ching. <laughs> Up next, Jeff Hardy and Bradshaw versus Matt Hardy and Farouk. Yeah, thought I needed to say Tag it twice. Teams collide. <laughs> yeah. Jeff and Brad come out first, with Brad not appreciating Jeff's dancing. Uh, Jeff and Matt start off, and we get no reason why this is happening. Jeff misses a dive to the outside as Lita and Jackie are watching this match backstage. This carries on with Farouk slamming Matt. 
So Brad wants Farouk because he's so manly. Farouk instantly takes him down, but Brad gets the pretend I'm big enough to hit a big boot before falling to the I beat Vader power slam. <laughs> they continue to beat the poo out of one another before the Hardys tag in and realize this was a giant waste of time. They team back up and Jeff delivers a swanton onto Ron to end it. And it's considered the Hardys tricking the APA, but I don't know. Uh, the APA give the old, hey, we've been had. <laughs> look, before we get a look at Tough Enough. And yes. some of the amazingly awful VHS that have been sent in, including, did you spot him? Oh. A young Justin Roberts making faces in front of his closet that he couldn't even be bothered to shut before filming a video for WWF. So I took I took a note of all the people that we see in this Tough Enough commercial. Why? Because uh, I was interested to Google them and see what they were doing. Uh, a few have done all right. Uh, Jake Schuerman, uh is, he runs TWF in Northern California now. So he runs a wrestling promotion now. Um Alejandro Abrahantes. Well, that's Alex Abrahantes. He's an announcer for AEW. Really? He works for AEW. Very ad hoc. But he, he's, cl- he's classed as talent for AEW. And he appears a lot in backstage vlogs and stuff, does Alex. So there's two AEW announcers in this? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the other other names in there, which, which I Googled to no avail, uh, Justin Bisconti. He was the guy that went... I've got everything to be a wrestler in the WWF. I've also got tattoos. <laughs> that was a nice promo. Uh, Rodney Johnson was in there uh, cutting a, a, a sort of a, a super charismatic promo, which I quite liked. Uh, Robert McCarthy, who looked a bit truck driver-esque. Uh, he had a cap on and said that it's his only dream in the world is to be a wrestler in the WWF. That's his only dream. Uh, Ron Parson uh, cut a, a, an all right promo. Drew Coleman... Uh, sat on his sofa clearly in the year 2001 judging by the decor and just said my wrestling character is myself then grabs the camera very aggressively and goes i said my wrestling character is myself good luck lad um and i had nothing for drew coleman weirdly on the google uh bless do you know what i uh, and of course the, the last one we see is justin roberts who we know what happens with Justin Roberts, but how cool is that to see Justin Roberts in amongst all of these? Yeah, I've got because a... his closet's open, so you can see the clothing. He's got the shirt, the ties. Mm. Anyway, foreshadowing. We call that the business, Tom. <laughs> I call that ten shadowing. I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I think is. Um, I know these are th- these cring- make me cringe so hard that my toes curl back in on themselves. Uh, yeah. I've, I'm now webbed because of watching these. But the thing is, I know if I had access to a a, a hand camera, a slam cam, maybe, yeah, I'd have probably sent something just as cringeworthy as this in. I I just I just know I would. I I'm you know I I'm massively part of the problem as opposed to the solution. But this was cute. This was a nice time capsule. That's like all the all of it in really shonky VHS footage. Like filmed on filmed on the cameras that your dads have for filming like Christmas Christmas present openings and stuff and nothing else, you know. I I liked it. Tough enough coming very soon. I'm I'm very intrigued to see some of the faces that that appear in that first season of Tough Enough. I like that they put this segment after the match we had, which didn't make any sense. It wasn't explained very well, as if to take away from the stink. Of that <laughs> they, tag match. they moved on very quickly, didn't they? Yeah, I said uh, my character is my gimmick. Uh, Vince is on the phone talking to someone in a sexy manner. Cole says, why, he must be talking to Linda. <laughs> oh, 
Cole is not proving Michael Cole. Yeah, Cole doesn't pay attention to TV. (laughs) Then Vince gets a phone call from Linda's doctor, and he tells him to double her meds and sod off and not interrupt him again. (laughs) But he's interrupted by Triple H being a big tough guy to the parking lot crew. After an advert break, Triple H in his blue leather, black leather jacket. Marv off to Vince, who tells him he's given Austin the night off, so go away. All Vince wants is some phone sex. <laughs> he was, if it wasn't for Trish, Vince would be on the phone to uh, chat back. Oh, eight, nine, eight, fifty, fifty, fifty. Ah, oh, that was a time, wasn't Hello, it? Hello, Babe Station. <laughs> Me and my brothers once rang into Babe Station. Did you? Yeah, because we were funny like that. Uh, and uh, I remember just, just stifling laughter, asking if she'd ever been to Coventry and asking her what she thought of the ring road system. <laughs> so that was that was how brilliantly funny I was around about this yeah. time. <laughs> You're not alone in that. I mean, I didn't. I was very I alone at the time. <laughs> <laughs> we get clips from Jericho versus Benoit. Possibly the greatest other match ever in history of WWF. It, this sets up new IC champion Jericho versus... Hey, it's the big show! He's back! And he's wearing a WWF attitude shirt! Oh no! He's crap again! <laughs> Always was. <laughs> but first, The Rock is here to commentate. <laughs> Fuck you, Mobile. Fuck you, Mobile. <laughs> You're getting The Rock, but he's sitting ringside. Yeah, The Rock's commentating on Immobile. <laughs> The Rock is here to point out he's mad because the Big Show chokeslammed him at the Rumble. Cole asks if it wasn't for that, would you have won the Rumble? And I'm like, ah, that's why they did that, to save The Rock. And they're like, oh, okay, that's that's smart. I didn't even think about that as a kid. But yeah, I get that why that little interference happened. Jericho gets slapped around by Big Show, who does not look impressive. Rock points out that he's apparently pregnant. This is after... Jim Ross and other people have pointed out how much weight Big Show had lost at OVW to his little stint there. <laughs> to which everyone went, from where? No, he hasn't. He hasn't lost any. We're only a few months away from, from Jim Ross after saying, oh, he's, Big Show's looking great. He's lost some weight. To Big Show on commentary waiting for a hot tag. And JR going, Big oh, Show yes. wants that hot tag like he wants a double cheeseburger. <laughs> Putting the guy Really, over. really passive aggressive and stuff like that. <laughs> Big Show bear hugs Jericho as the crowd chant for Rocky. <laughs> I don't think Big Show Jericho had many good singles matches, if any. No. Uh, Jericho missile drop kicks Show and steps up the walls, but he's too fat. So Big Show gets the final cut, but as he's slowly going to pin Jericho, Benoit runs in to attack Big Show for DQ. Apparently they were partners on Raw, but Big Show chokeslammed him to end that little holdover from that little stable that wasn't from last year. Mm. That was, of course, going to be happening to keep Undertaker happy until, you know, the later half of the year, but didn't, which then messed up Kane's big push in the title scene. And fuck you, Big Show, big fat bastard. <laughs> big Show sets up Rock for a showstopper, but all three of them team up to leave the slob laying. And that sets up yes. Steve Austin drinking coffee backstage. <laughs> what did you think of Big Show's <laughs> amazing return? Uh, oh, what a, what a sad return. It's like he never left, but for all the wrong reasons, it's like he never left. Um, the again, fuck you, mobile. Yeah, the rock does a rock bottom, not even in the ring, just outside the ring. The rock does not step into the ring <laughs> to face the big show. All of it outside. Um, 
God, what? Do you know what? It's just, it's depressing to see Big Show back and just flounder, immediately flounder. Like, his his hype and return, the, the, the build and the excitement for his return evaporated after that first chokeslam in the Rumble. And then afterwards, it was just like, oh, he's just it's the same guy again. <laughs> like, that's it. You, you say flounder, but he's more like that giant whale that washed up on that beach that he tried <laughs> to blow it with TNT. <laughs> He wasn't in a good way. And I know, but we know that he played his face up down in OVW. Like, that is something that has since come to light. Like, mm. he wasn't happy being there. Like, he would constantly go, oh, I can't train today. I'm tired or my legs hurting. Like, he would try and get out of training. He was so belligerent at points during that time. And I think he's even said as much as well. Like, he was very immature. Like, it's, it's a shame that so much time has passed because the poor white that we've got now... He is mentally, emotionally, and physically probably the best condition of his life, um, but not in a not in the right condition to compete on a regular basis. Um, no, no, but like he shouldn't be really at this point. No, like that, yeah, the fact that it shows the improvement of technology and uh, what we know about the understanding of giantism, or whatever the term is. You know, when Andre the Giant was half his age, he was knackered, mm. uh, dead actually. But like he was, uh, they had nothing they could do for him really. But now, a big show. You know, shouldn't be in a great position. He really shouldn't be. But here we are. What a, what a minor miracle that is. Yeah. But you're right. On this big show uh, documentary DVD they did a few years ago for WWE, he does talk about how it was a shock for him to be headlining WWE after winning world titles, beating Hulk Hogan and all the other stuff he did. To go to WWF and spend the first few years there being told, you don't know how to wrestle. You, you, you don't. And he's like, What? So he really begrudged going to OVW, but he eventually came around and goes, okay, yeah, you're right. Mm. It took yeah. a while to this get This sucks, there. but yeah, you're right. I can't. <laughs> Not very well. Um, there, so um, The Rock... So there, Okay, we, I know we've said, like, fuck you, Mobile. You're not getting any of these. Um, yep. the, the Rock apparently has had problems with one of his eyes, uh, which is why they've kept him off, I think. there's the, He's due an examination... I believe, like, on the day of the show airs, uh, that will show there's no retina damage, but he's been having some vision issues. Um, he did an angle. That's why he, he worked raw, but did an angle on SmackDown, was just to give himself a little bit of a break. Uh, Steve Austin uh, suffered a mild left knee sprain uh, on SmackDown the week before. Um, and it was in a lot of pain at the end of SmackDown. He had an MRI uh, in San Antonio with no significant damage to his knee. Um, but that's why he's off TV tapings for now, because we're at a point where you've got the WrestleMania main event in their heads is is, is etched in stone. It's uh, it's Rock and Steve Austin. So let's protect these two at all costs. Let's let's give them as light a schedule as we possibly can. But we know that Austin is, Austin and Rock have both got at least one big marquee match before then, which is at No Way Out, which we'll talk about in time. Uh, but that might explain why Austin isn't wrestling this week and why he's just doing uh, backstage silly bollocks. Yeah, makes sense. He's like, yeah, we're, uh, hmm. WrestleMania's coming up. How about you guys don't die? Yes, let's keep Screw you, you keep mobile. You alive. We can take the hit. <laughs> After break, Triple H shows up and asks the ring crew if they've seen him. Like Shemu asking for sailors. <laughs> it does feel like Triple H is walking around the city. On that day where the snow turned to rain, did you see a man in a white car? I remember a few years ago, I was Japanese. 
<laughs> I remember I was playing Outrun. <laughs> yes! She can it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That one. Yeah. I feel like playing Shenmue again. Don't. <laughs> anyway, here's Taz. <laughs> No, really, his Taz. Yay! He's sponsored by Stacker Two, the, the Greyhound XFL blazing shirt. What? And uh, Chef Boyardee. All your fuck island needs. Do you he know why okay um, Greyhound oh, is called Greyhound? Before we get into the rigors of the match, is it because it's quick? No, it's not. Oh, go on. So um, it comes from the founder Ed Stone of the bus service of like the the, the long distance coach services in the states. Um, Ed Stone, the operator of this particular route uh, from Superior, Wisconsin to Wasau, Wisconsin. He saw the reflection of his 1920s era bus in a store window. The reflection reminded him of a greyhound dog. So he went, that's what I'll call this, a greyhound. And that's where the greyhound name came from. You're you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Teaching stuff. Carry on. <laughs> Do you know why they call the train the uh, the Flying Scotsman? <laughs> Is it because they 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 vaulted bit they vaulted they vaulted Billy Connolly from one? <laughs> yeah, on its debut voyage, maiden voyage. You're like, what should we call this? And then Mad Wallace McGraw <laughs> was on the tracks going. I have to have dropped my papers and uh... <laughs> kadang! Wow, look at that! Look at that Flying Scotsman! That's it. Hey. We'll call it Transpennine. <laughs> it's all right, though. He's landed. Oh, no. He's been mauled by a greyhound. <laughs> oh, well. That's not mega, is it, bus? <laughs> oh, anyway, Taz. Uh, You've been on a mega here. bus. I've been on a mega bus, yes. What's the longest mega bus Many you of did? Them. Uh, Newcastle to Kent. How long was that? Oh, 10 hours 10 hours what then how did you did you have a nice time yeah it was all right it's all right look if you, if you go there because i had a discussion with somebody else the other day because they're like oh they were going 
they weren't vaxxed and they're being quite meh, meh, meh. I'm like, oh, shut up, shut up. I don't want to hear about your opinions. Uh, then they sat and caught talking. So I'm like, all right, I'm, now, now I'm going to engage in you because you won't shut up. But he said like, oh, like, so someone said, well, what happens if you want to travel abroad? He goes, I don't like traveling. I'm like, right. I don't like all the hubbub. I'm having to get up and pack and then uh, getting in a queue to go in the airport. And then you get in the plane and it takes forever and all that. And they have to get out and do the exact same thing. It's horrible. And I went, that's all the things I like about traveling. Those are some of the highlights and stuff. Just the idea of traveling and get ready for traveling. And I'll tell those people, it's all right if you know you're going to be bored in a bored position. Like, there's stuff you can read. You get a Nintendo Switch. You can get stuff to watch. Like, I don't stand people. Are people just stand there going, uh, well, time's passing. I'm just going to stand here and get angry. Uh, like, yeah. How weird. Like, so I, I take it they just don't travel anywhere ever. They just stay in... in... Well, not now. No, no. <laughs> the less so before. <laughs> it just seems a really weak thing. Like, oh, no, I don't have to... Uh, I don't have to go to the wrestling show tonight. I involves put on my shoes. Mm, it's just and... a weird thing. I hate putting on my shoes. So it's just... It's just... I have to take off my shoes. <laughs> it's just as well they're not into the whole vaccine thing because they don't like traveling anyway. Yeah, basically. it's good for us. Too. So, uh, yeah. so, so how, other than that, how is, how is Novak Djokovic? Is he all right? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> amazing, amazing. <laughs> Smash court tennis. Nobody asked. <laughs> Taz is taking on K quick. Who <laughs> gets even less reaction than K quick. Uh, keep it real and mobile, yells Cole. He could have whispered it and still be heard. Uh, Kate Quick is all over the place with his agility, just flying around and drop-kicking while Taz stands there like a fire hydrant. <laughs> Gargoyle Suplex shuts up quick while this match goes nowhere slowly. And then Kai and Tai and their overdub promo interrupts as Taka and Shane yell about Kate Quick's rapping prowess, which distracts enough for Taz to get the Taz mission victory. Ha-ha. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. You have been deceived because we are evil. Crowd pops for indeed because racism. <laughs> it's over. Again, I'm not saying fuck you mobile, but Taz versus K Quick with a Kaiantai run in. Well, you're not getting Austin on the rock, but the good news is. You get it. Hey, what do you think, Tom? I believe this is the first time we get K Quick's actual rap with the words that Maybe, he would yeah. use it, it on the WWF The Music Volume 4 album, Get Rowdy. Um,. I believe this is it, and, and it struck me when he said um, when he gave us the line, which featured suffering succotash, which made me uh, think that maybe Vince McMahon wrote this rap because he gave the same the, the, the same quip to Roman Reigns many years later. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it's like Dusty Rhodes doing the the wooden chair of the head. That's... The big bubba and then Meng. It's like, that's so good. I'll use this again years later for someone else. <laughs> I'll just keep hold of this. I might need it again. <laughs> I enjoyed um, K-Quick's somersault. It was a bit where, where he, he whipped Taz off the ropes and Quick started doing like somersaults and kip-ups. Mm. And he literally kipped up into a stiff clothesline from Taz. Yeah. As if Taz went, fuck off. <laughs> I liked that. That was a fun bit from Taz. And it's a win for Taz. How many times do we say that on this <sighs> illustrious show? Taz wins. It's so weird seeing him wrestle because, like, I, are you not a commentator yet? <laughs> it's, it's like the commentator who wrestles now rather than the wrestler who commentates. Yes. <laughs> so it feels now. Uh, 
Anyway, we get reminded about one of the best guest stars in Rumble history, Drew Carey, who entered the Rumble to promote his pre-Super Bowl improv pay-per-view. I've got a very old uh, news press here from nexttv.com. Showtime event TV's January 27th pay-per-view event featuring comedian Drew Carey. Didn't draw as many viewers as Super Bowl XXXV, but SEET of operators were satisfied with the results. Um... I know it's really weird. Of course, no one was expecting that they could do as good as Super Bowl. But um, the Drew Carey's Improv All-Stars, which ran live one day before CBS's New York Giants Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl telecast, got around 40,000 buys. Showtime Executive Vice President of Corporate Strategy and Communications, Mark Greenberg, said, We're really pleased with the numbers, given the fact that we're trying to break through new pay-per-view territories. Uh, the show featured a live 90-minute East Coast and West Coast feed in which Carey and several comedians improvised their way through several unedited comedic sketches. It was a rare comedy event for the pay-per-view industry, which doesn't often do pay-per-view events. No, I, I don't think I, I don't think I've known any really since then. Uh, there must have been some, but it's not many, is there? A lot of them are like, uh, you know, the majority of stuff like that is arena shows straight to DVD rather than on right. pay-per-view. Imagine Sunday for Sammy on pay-per-view. Yes. <laughs> it Drew got Carey, Drew the Floyd Mayweather of his uh, era. Yes, sorry, 12 buys. <laughs> So walk over your line. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Austin is in the parking lot and he's angry because he can't order the Drew Carey paper. <laughs> I've got here Austin getting battered at the car park like he's a Bishop Auckland teenager. Oh. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> is that a lie? Show me the lie. No. Stop there. <laughs> Whose lie is it anyway? Hey. After the break, Triple H finds a pile of cans. <laughs> And it's like, aha, the beer is warm. So Austin was just here. <laughs> There's a bit in this. Completely if you watch it, ridiculous. If you watch it back, I don't know why this made me laugh, but sat on my own watching it. If you watch it back very briefly, Triple H looks up in the tree. Is <laughs> he hiding in the tree? <laughs> Picture Austin hanging off the branch like a koala. Or <laughs> just painted like a tree. <laughs> it's blended in. Where it is camouflage. Really that would have been funnier. Is it Triple H leaves? So suddenly the the side of the tree comes to life, and Austin was wearing his camo. So oh, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. Aha. Fully camouflaged, like the predator. <laughs> that would have been amazing. It's just ridiculous. It's almost like Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> Putting down traps with like, aha, a big thing saying, bird seed. It's like, aha, there's cans on the floor. Austin was just here. <laughs> there's so a... it's like, because I'm smart. <laughs> Triple H sees Austin walk through a tunnel. Turns out it's a tunnel that Austin has painted. So Triple H just walks into it. We laugh, right? But in like fucking eight years' time, we've got to talk about that happening on nah, Raw. No. We've got to talk about that happening on Raw. <laughs> it's okay because Triple H is going to rev up his sledgehammer, but Austin is going to put his finger on the sledgehammer <laughs> and it's going to blow back in Triple H's face. <laughs> Ain't I a stinger? <laughs> a completely charged Triple H just holds up a sign saying Dratta. <laughs> 
He's about to go up hell in the cell. He looks at the camera and goes, uh-oh. <laughs> that long, wily coyote cam just throws him falling through the table. Oh. Candy go for Triple H. Oh, Triple H love candy. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> got a title program for triple h here oh that must be mine i love a title program (laughs) (laughs) it's cream pie everywhere (laughs) (laughs) christian is by himself because edge made a mistake and ate the food and mobile so he's sick that's right you're not even getting one half of edge and christian Oh, no, so Christian is taking on Test in a singles match, beg your pardon, for the European title. Wait, what? That means Test beat Regal. No. Mate, this is the week where all of the insults we've thrown at Test, they all come back to haunt us. All his chickens. Oh, I was about to say, I wrote this like weeks ago, uh, but yeah. All his chickens coming home to roost. So William Regal uh, is is not a well man. Uh, he's, He's had lower back problems for weeks. Uh, he had an epidural shot uh, in his lower back Ooh. to get him through the rumble. And then Christ, had, really? had another one to get out on Raw and lose to and lose to Test in quick order. Is that why they didn't have Test Regal at the pay-per-view? Yeah. And probably why they had that really long angle, Triple H. But, oh. Because he could because he, he was so knackered. Like, they literally said, look, we're really stuck. Can you work the rumble and then drop the title on Raw and then take some time off? So Test has beaten Regal for the European title on Raw. Test is the number one wrestler in all of Europe. Mate, how foolish are we? We've spent years taking the piss out of him, and now he's our champion. <laughs> I have to say. You say that, Tom, but this match. Uh, so as I get along, for some reason I put, Test has more teeth than all the people here, uh, <laughs> says Christian. I don't know why the insults on the town suck this week. <laughs> not even the, though I've got the A joke book, on the B joke book. Test has teeth, you guys stink. Ha, ha, ha. Christian bats Test as he enters, hurting the referee in the process. Test smashes Christian back as he's faced now, so it's all cool power moves. Christian dunks Test in his broken nose the title to get the two count, as the referee is like Test, he's very slow. Test recovers. Christian slams him into the ropes, but Test manages a back body drop off the second rope. They set up the big elbow, but oh, no, wait, it misses. So the prettier is set up, but he pushes out of it, and a huge-ass big boot to Christian's ugly, censored face <laughs> retains. This was a nice little match between the two, with Test looking impressive. And I've put, no, really. And a, but a nice bit of irony to end it. Cole asks, has Test time arrived? Before we immediately cut to Triple H. So the answer is, <laughs> no, no, it hasn't. This this is a big week for Test, right? Things are co- things are coming up Millhouse for Test this week, right? Not I o- a lottery ticket on the floor. No, oh, mate, kind of. Not only is he now the European champion, not only is he one of the title holders on WWF television, take that, us. Not only has he had a decent match on SmackDown where we've got, yeah, fair fuck, sounds good. He's going to be on telly. No. Test is taping an episode this month of the TV show 18 World's Wheel- Worst Gamers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom, carry on. 18 Wheels of Justice. 
my my made up name was nowhere near as dumb <laughs> as what you just said. Say that again. Eighteen wheels of justice. All right. What is that? So it's a crime drama on TNN. Uh, as uh-huh. It's the story of federal agent Michael Cates, uh, who poses as a truck driver, uh, who travels from town to town solving mysteries. Um, the episode, the episodes followed a format not unlike The Incredible Hulk or The Fugitive, in that wandering Cates would meet and interact with different people and help them with their particular problems before moving on. <laughs> So, the Littlest Hobo, starring our favourite Littlest Hobo of wrestling. So did, Tess, did, he, did this dude help Tess get past Mario Circuit? Kate! Kate! I can't do anything in Paper Mario because it's shit. What? Oh, oh, that's the episode where Kate shoots Tess. Yeah, I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> Sing the DK rap to me. Uh, yeah, so I'll have more on that in future weeks. But he is set to. So what a week for Andrew Martin! Damn it! What I was supposed week? to be Regal's. I was supposed to be Regal's slot. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! That epidural. <laughs> Look, I'll work the rumble. I'll work the match of Raw. I'm not doing eighty reels of just. <laughs> I'll compromise you. <laughs> 18 wheels of justice are like bloody hell. We asked for the we asked for the like the D level superstar. We couldn't even get that. We're getting test. <laughs> who's who's available? We're, everybody is knackered. I tell you what. I tell you what. I like is this is the one show I think where the made up character name is nowhere near as cool as the real name of the actor that played them. So oh, go on. Michael Cates, federal agent Michael Cates, who drives around in a truck solving crimes, is played by actor turned model Lucky Venus. Bloody hell! <laughs> so I will. I will acquire somehow the means to watch the test episode before we are together next. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen Wheels of Justice. <laughs> the review, Cultaholic Classic. Eighteen Wheels of Justice review. It's what you all wanted. We've finally answered all your all Woo-hoo. your prayers, all your hopes and dreams. <laughs> are met in thee tonight. Uh, <sighs> back to it. So Triple H. We haven't seen him in a while. Where's Triple H? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God he's back. Has he, has he found Austin yet? Is he following individual beer cans throughout the arena to find him? Uh, <laughs> No. Triple H spots Austin drinking with Kai and Ty on a monitor. <laughs> so Triple H goes and finds them and grills them. Wants to know why they are so close to Austin. Uh, Kai and Ty do the, we're foreign and don't understand. Ha ha ha. So Triple H beats them both up. Weird using Kai and Ty in two bits on the show, but whatever. Yeah, Triple one H- as heels and one as faces as well. Yeah, uh, I think what is Triple H could see them getting over with Indeed. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty what it was. Triple H beat him up. Um, they were drinking beers. They were a little bit sloshed. And, and Triple H asked, where was Austin? And they just sort of shrugged. Like, I don't know. And Triple H says, don't give me that I don't speak English crap. And then starts beating them up. I was really hoping that Triple H would say, don't give me that I don't speak English crap. I heard you speaking English just now. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. That would have been so good. But alas, no, we have serious Triple H. Or oh, Tom. Or when Triple H beat them up, there's an out of sync. Ow! 
Oh. Ow! You're hitting me. Ow! Even, I'm in pain. Ha ha ha! Even better. That would have just that would have been that would have been wonderfully encountered. Missed opportunity there. If you're gonna if you're gonna be a bit racist, then you might as well go all in. What's <laughs> a cool for? All right, Jim Davidson. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it just really shows how stretched this episode is with other stuff. Yeah. Because it's like yeah, the, the main stars aren't here. And Kai and Ty is in the mix with the champions. But get this, lads. They're drinking. Again, they're not used to it. They don't do that in Japan. <laughs> Where did that myth come from? What it's the hell? weird, isn't it? They they drink loads in Japan. Yeah, the rest is like, that's all we do because drugs are so frowned upon. <laughs> we just drink. Mr. Ganesay in FMW, I think roughly this time, or was it like L1 or, or 00, I can't remember which. He had to take time off because his liver was so damaged from all the drinking he was doing. That was it. It's like, why are you off? Are you injured? Nah, it's too much sake. <laughs> okay. Right. That's a perfectly good way of reason to miss a show. Mm, I'd say so. Yeah. And then, we, and then we turn super serious. As China does her flips at the rumble, but knocks her neck, and they do the worky, shooty, shooty work thing about her being injured. It's done well, but these bits just haven't aged well. I never liked them at the time. I was like, no, this is a real thing. She's really, really injured. My God. Right to send her head out to discuss the commentators, but to the joy of the crowd, the entire fa- uh, Holly family are here. Is here. Are here? Yes. Uh, the local lads themselves. And we get the announcement that uh, next week, it's Smackdown Extreme. Yeah. So for one week, they decided to to push Smackdown being like edgier than normal. Yeah, and I hope it gets we when we do a reading and research for it, we find out why this was. Yeah. But looking at this, do you think it's because it was like they looked at the roster and went, "Oh, we've got sod and all." If the Rock and Austin and uh, I don't know the Big Show aren't ready to wrestle, uh, how about ladders? Yeah, you like that? All yeah. Right, cool. So there is few. They would wouldn't be surprised that when we do our research, that the reason that we go this is because if you're going to push a whole night of sort of extreme hardcore style matches. You don't necessarily need the big names if you've got like ladders and tables and stuff. And also, if you have got the big names, you can chuck them in sort of multi-man, multi-woman nonsense and sort mm. of hide their limitations. So there is there is some some potential to be had. And and you're doing it in a way that makes the audience feel like they're getting more bang for their buck. Like there's yeah. something to be said for those pay-per-views where it's like all the matches are extreme rules, except they're not. But when they are, they're all extreme rules because there's... Everybody's a little kind of everybody's potentially a winner when they do something like that. Well said. And this is a nice standard tag match with the Hollies getting all their trademark spots in, which is Hardcore's crotch on the ropes, then kicking the Jacobs, and uh, Crash Hollies getting beaten up. <laughs> with Hardcore sending Bull into Ivory's women's title and finishing with the best drop kick in wrestling. Yeah. It's a simple match, but I want to point out the drop kick won the match. Hardcore Holly's drop kick is better than Okada's. <laughs> Overrated. Hardcore Okada. If you That's will. right. Yeah, that, that works. <laughs> when are we going to see Holly versus Okada? I'm sure there's a promoter somewhere in the world that'll book that. Book it in yeah. Qatar or something. Make that happen. Cr- Cr- Chris Sprouls, probably. Oh. <laughs> Sprulsy, baby. Time to come out of retirement. Sprulsy. Bigger than Wigan, too. Let's have it, lad. Come on. Uh. Harvey Whipperman tells Triple H he's wanted in Vince's office. Ooh, that's right. The roster's so thin, Whipperman's making an appearance. <laughs> hey, heads up. Maybe later on, t- 
Terry Taylor. <laughs> and if we're really lucky, the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, that's Tony Guerrero. He's still with the company at this point. Tony Guerrero, that's right, yeah. Get Guerrero back out there. Go on, get him. Maybe he's going to talk to him about the XFL. <gasps> Vince doesn't realise what he's talking about with both men realising, wait, I thought you wanted me to meet you here. No, you wanted me to meet you here. <gasps> it's a setup. <laughs> ah, it's okay though. We know it's a setup. Uh, yes, that's right. I did want to meet you. Let's both go into the office now. And both, like, Vince and Triple H carry on there where no one being recorded thing that you see in, you know, FBI things. Like, yeah, so uh, good to see you tonight, Triple H. Boy, you were looking big. Yeah, same to you. <laughs> He's behind the lamp, you know. And all this, uh, they can't find Austin until Triple H spots him behind the door. And he <laughs> but hits Vince while kind of aiming for Austin. Yeah, I mean there was. It is really worth it. Made it amazing. There he is. Punches Vince. <laughs> yeah, there was. It, there was no way that Trips was aiming for Austin. He was blatantly swinging for Vince to the point where Austin almost had to push Vince, like in in the right place. Like he was swinging in his direction, but Austin just pushed him a little bit further just to reaffirm it. They wanted to make it look like oh, Triple H was swinging for Austin, but accidentally hit Vince. But it was slightly off. It just looked like Triple H just twatting yeah. Vince. Triple H just went, I saw this. Stop it. I'm having you. I'm having you. Let's get the punchline already. It's Vince. It's akin to that uncensored uh, multi-story ladder match with Hogan and Savage versus the Dungeon of Doom. Oh, and yeah. Luger goes to hit. Um, he's hitting Savage. Or he's hitting Hogan, but Hogan moves. But Luger takes like a second to think about it and then just hits Flair anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it awful. was so bad that to go, wait, did Luger deliberately mean to do it? It's had a cover up on commentary. Uh, the other one for that, my go to is it's Horace Hogan taking on uh, Raven and Perry Sutton in a three way at one of the Road Wilds, and he gets the stop sign, and it's the same thing. But yeah, it's just like, oh, he moved. Uh, oh, no, he accidentally hit him. Somehow. <laughs> Sorry, his internet dipped for a second and there's lag. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the Rock Snake pushes him over a chair before breaking a lamp over Triple H's head before leaving. Womp, womp. Womp, womp, womp. We that are... was all to set up that. We're building to something big with Triple H and Austin, but it's been wacky bollocks all night between these two. It certainly has. But here's the main event. It's Kurt Angle versus Kane. Main event, Kane! <laughs> Kurt Angle says he appreciates Kane. Sorry, no, he doesn't. He says he appreciates Kane. <laughs> <laughs> was the WWF champion as well for about 12 minutes, which that's actually true at that point. Uh, he knows Kane has fans, but Kurt's fans aren't afraid to hide their faces. Ooh. <laughs> Kurt Angle tries to sneak attack from the front, but Kane big boots him. Shades of the great test. <laughs> as we get reminded of Kane's amazing rumble run again, and why not? Undertaker is shown watching this backstage, but Haku and Rikishi attack Undertaker as he yells, "That's the best you got!" Before they leave him knocked out. <laughs> I've tried a dumbass. <laughs> That's what you shout to Haku. <laughs> yeah, whatever. What do you? Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! I'm very sorry. I didn't mean it. Crime Inc says your shit. Ah, okay. Crime and Police Inc on his shirt. <laughs> the yin and yang of Undertaker. Kurt can't get any heat on Kane. Ha ha, that's a pun. As he keeps on sitting up in an awesome bit. The crowd doesn't pop, though. Fuck him. I've typed. <laughs> uh, Kurt locks in a hold on Kane, 
and even that can't stop Kane from ramming Kurt into the turnbuckles. Kane escapes, kicks Kurt's attempted chair shot into Kurt's own head before going on top to clothesline Kurt. Crowd starts making noise, but it's only because Haku and Rikishi have shown up. Ref somehow misses Haku hitting Kane twice and Tongan thrust once, and Kurt retains. Crap finish aside, this was a fine match, and a sign of things to come with Kurt and Kane and their chemistry later on, but Chain the Dead crowd didn't give them more. Haku and Kishi continue to attack Kane before, excuse me, Undertaker bravely makes a save and gets the shit kicked out of him again to send the crowd home happy. <laughs> what did you think of the main event, Tom, if anything? Uh, it was all right. You know, Kane looked good in there. Kurt Angle and Kane yep. will have better matches. You know, WrestleMania X8, they get sort of mm. thrust together and they make the best of a bad situation there and they have some fun together. This was fine. And again, we are, we're very, we're, we're skeletal in terms of the roster this week. So they're working with what they got, which is Cade, Undertaker, Rikishi, Haku, the champion, uh, mm. and, and sort of making some magic as best they can from that. Um, I like Rikishi and Haku leaving Undertaker and Kane laying. It feels like a big deal. Like Michael Cole will say, no one's sort of done this to the Brothers of Destruction before. Um, it'll, it'll only go as far as No Way Out, where we have, if I remember correctly, a, a triple threat tables match. And that's kind of... Yeah, I'm not sure what happens with that, with the triple threat thing getting... Why that happens, but yeah. Well, right. Again, I think it's because everybody's pretty knackered and it's a, oh, yeah, that could a be multi-man it. match just to hide a few people's uh, limitations. Um, but yeah, best that we can. Not the best SmackDown we've ever seen, to be honest. To say the least. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the skeletal crew and them going, wait, wait, why would we risk everything for WrestleMania? Mm. This, this is daft. Uh, no, Mobile can get a crap show. <laughs> and they can buy WrestleMania. How about that? How about that amazing idea? Yeah, Suck it, Mobile. <laughs> uh, what was the thing that you remembered from the show, Tom? Uh, from this particular show, um, I remembered, weirdly, I remembered Undertaker and Rikishi opening the show from first time round. I remember like thinking, oh, that was a fun, like, brawly match to get things started. And thinking, like, oh, Kane and Undertaker are good guys now. Because as I mentioned at the beginning, like I remember thinking, are they baddies now? Are we the baddies? Yeah. Uh, I remember them thinking they were baddies, but then they were goodies by the end of this bit. But, yeah, I remember the Undertaker-Rikishi match at the beginning, which therefore became, like, a little story that was... Uh, the, the, the book ended the night. How about you? What did you remember? I remember, you may laugh, but I remember Test versus Christian <laughs> because of how good Test looked. I was like... Wow, that was a really good match. I remember being very impressed. And the fact that he... The big booty gives Christian. It's all boot. Mm. Like Joey Styles would say, and I say on commentary when I do it with you, uh, wow, Joey Simplex, uh, no bridge, all impact. You know, it's like, yeah, the big boot to Christian. All face, near boot. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't think that much. I didn't think about it that way. But I will go back and look at that boot again to, yeah. to recall it. Um, from this episode, um, what have you forgotten Everything else. <laughs> Just a very, very placeholder show. I forgot all the Triple H Austin Roadrunner stuff. That was something well, I'd forgotten. They did so much of it in 99 as well that they started to blend together. Mm. Oh, yeah, I guess that's probably why it, it drifted away so much. I'll tell you what also I forgot, right? I forgot how heavy-handed Jerry Lawler was during the commentary of the Right to Censor match. And I noticed it in this one because it dawned on me that we're in the end game now for Jerry Lawler. We are. It's not him commentating at WrestleMania. No, and thi no way out. this is the final. I think he does, but this is his final storyline going into uh, his 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 
absence, his uh, his, yeah. his his leave of absence from the WWF, and uh, we kind of you know whilst the the seeds have always been there for this RTC versus Jerry Lawler rivalry, I kind of had the vibe when Lawler was on commentary that he ramped it up quite extensively, and we know why because there's a match coming. Yeah. And we are in the end game of Jerry Lawler. So if, you, if you're not a fan of Jerry Lawler on commentary, uh, then uh, he's he's not long for this particular time period. Um, no, you're be- right. Is it no way out? And then it must be between no way out and WrestleMania. What a time to leave the company. Yeah, just as all this is about to kick off, Jerry Lawler's nowhere wow. to be seen. But we'll we'll touch on that next time. Uh, it certainly will. It is Saturday. The the is the, the end of the first proper week of 2022. Uh, what have you got coming up, Matthew Greg? Uh, just more called the Holic Goodness. The podcast went out uh, yesterday evening. It did, it did. Wasn't it great? Yes, it was good. Oh, no, we haven't called it yet. <laughs> I like the um, bit where you talked about the wrestling. Yeah, isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> it's good because to begin with, we had to get a lot of our chemistry um, and understanding of each other because we're doing it via Zoom. But now we're all right with it. Now Zoom is is, is normal. So let's, it was a bit of like hesitation like this show. It was like, nah, hey, let's let's right. mess with the timeline a little bit because we're recording this several days before the Cultaholic podcast gets recorded, right? So let's mess with the timeline a bit. Matthew, I like the bit where you said blumange on the podcast. Blumange. Now oh, you have to say blumange on the podcast. And then if you say blumange, it's referencing this. Two seconds. Messed with the timelines. What is blancmange? It's a dessert, isn't it? It's a pudding. Yeah, but like, what is it made of? Blancmange. <laughs> Can we spell the bastard? Blackmange. B-L-A-C-M-A-N-G-E. Say blancmange on the podcast to... Blackmange. Pop three people who <laughs> listen to the Smackdown one. All three people. There we people. go. Well, I've written it down on my notepad, so it has to be said. There you go. There you go. So, no, you, no, you said it because this is going out after I said it. You said it. Oh, no. This is like in that period of time where they go, all right, so if you <laughs> yeah. get the Song of Storms from the guy at the windmill <laughs> as an adult, but then you go back in time and you teach the Song of Storms to the guy at the windmill, where did the song come from? Oh, this is the Song of Storms of the Cultaholic podcast um, life cycle. I like that. What else is happening on the on on your side of the world? Oh, that's it. Sorry, just that song I sung. Just that nice, nice, nice. No, as you said, concentrating on being sane. Nice. Get ready for other stuff. Uh, we'll do some more recording with certain YouTubers, but I won't say it in case it doesn't happen. And I'll look foolish. Go, <laughs> well, I'm not thing. You must have messed it up. I'm like, no, I didn't say it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm saying this now, knowing that we're recording it tomorrow in the time of this being recorded. Oh, God, shut up. But the <laughs> but the episode is going out tomorrow at the time you're watching this. Uh, uh, Desert Island Graps featuring Scroobius Pip on the oh, podcast feed okay. tomorrow. Very excited to chat to Pip. I've been a big fan of Distraction Pieces, the podcast, for many years. He's a very intelligent man. He's a massive wrestling geek as well. So we talk mm. wrestling on the podcast feed tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. Uh, by now, Matthew, you have enjoyed the Kid Bandit episode we had on hey. Wednesday. Love the work of Kid Bandit. Very happy to uh, to hear their story, which we did on Wednesday. Uh, and mm. honestly, we are... We Desert Island Grabs. I don't want to give too many of them away, but we are... We are booked up until March 
for new new friends. Are you really? Yes. That's awesome, new friends joining Cultaholic Island. Don't want to give any of them away. Uh, but they'll be along uh, very, uh, very soon. And until we are next together again, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> We're at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Triple H, look up Austin's hiding in the trees. We did a whole episode without a cane gag. Love you, boy. Am I too late? No, yes, boy. You're too late. Oh. <laughs> there you go. We're going in. Here's Rubbles. Shut up, Kate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 